1 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 6. That's where we're going to be uh, this afternoon. We're going to be looking at uh, these passages of Scripture. And I know Daniel will do his best to have some of those uh, passages there. And if you want, you can uh, take notes for, for you to be able to go back and read these. I would encourage you to do that um, in your time alone with the Lord this week. Take these passages of scriptures and begin to just think on them and let the Holy Spirit continue to reveal his will in that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, your word is a battering ram. Lord, it breaks the fallow ground. It breaks the hardened heart. And uh, Lord, I pray today that those who will be watching and listening, those who are here, um, those who will be watching through the stream later and, or listening on the podcast, Lord, my prayer is that you would speak to their hearts, whether they're in a car, driving to work, uh, they're in their home, their living room watching, or in their, in their man cave, or, you know, uh, she shed, whatever, Lord, wherever they are, Listening to your word, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will minister to them through the word of God. Lord, I pray that you would use me today, God. I need your strength. I can't do this in my own strength. Lord, I don't have the, the wisdom. I don't have the ability within myself. I look to you. I, I depend on the Holy Spirit's power to be able to communicate effectively your word and that it may do what you set it out to do, Lord. I trust that you would do that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, Daniel, if you could bring this mic down just a little bit, please. Um, so we're going to be looking at uh, latter times apostasy. This is where we're going to be at tonight. Um, we're going to be looking, I'm going to do a series on this where we're going to look into uh, latter times and we're going to look at this specific, the specific symptom of the latter times, which is a word called apostasy. And we're going to get into a little bit of what that means. Um, and uh, if, you're, if you were able to be here, you could see this picture. And it's, it's a powerful imagery of where you see someone going into a church, but on the back side of the church, there's a cliff. And, and uh, it just it speaks of volumes of what's happening in these latter days, that people are stepping into places that have a form of godliness on the outside. They look the part. But when they walk in, they're going into a pit. Why? Because God isn't there. The, uh, he, I think I want to say is the word Ichabod or something like that is written that he has departed. God has departed. And um, it, it is incredible the things that we're seeing in these times. And um, I believe, it is my belief, we are living in the last days and that the return of Jesus Christ is imminent. It is at hand. God is going to call his people home. I believe that. I believe that God is going to uh, blow that, cause that trumpet to be sounded, and we who are in Christ will be caught up with to be with him. And then we know what's going to happen after that. Then the lawless one is going to be revealed, and uh, we can see the kingdom of the lawless one being set up even now. If you're paying attention, you're watching, you're seeing what's happening in Jerusalem, you're seeing what's happening around the world, you're seeing what's happening in our own country, and you're seeing what is going on, uh, how things are shifting very rapidly into a one world system, one world government, one world currency. This is the goal and this is and and the reason this we see this and we should not be alarmed as Christians as if this is something odd. That we should as believers understand that this is about this is what God said would happen so that we could be at peace. We know, hey, this is coming and we need to be prepared. 
And guess what we need to be doing? Sharing the word of God with people. Why? Because we want as many people to get out of here with us before that time comes of tribulation. And, 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 the, and Jesus said that if, if it wasn't for God's mercy, I mean, it would be real bad for people uh, in that time. And so I want to just encourage you to, to think about those things as well. And, uh, uh, you know, and the Bible tells me as a good minister, it's, it's my responsibility to point these things out to you. And the, the, the reason I want to point these things out to you is because uh, if I don't point these things out to you, you're not going to have the peace of God and you're not going to be prepared for what's ahead. You're not going to have the hope and the blessed assurance of what's to take place for you and for me. Even though we see circumstantially around us a lot of things going bad, we can have hope in the midst of that. Why? Because the anchor of our soul, Jesus Christ, he ain't going anywhere. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting for the time that the Father says, go and get him. Amen. So um, we, as a body of Christ, we need to be prepared and ready for that. And so uh, we're looking at this. And, and one of the symptoms of latter times is it is what is known as apostasy. I want to take you through the scriptures tonight so that you can be encouraged and edified so that you will be able to stand your ground when the day of evil comes. You'll be able to, uh, you know... How many of you ever um, have had to prepare for something, and if you didn't prepare, you, when you get there, you're kind of like, oh, fumbling, and I don't know what to do, and, and what to expect, and those kind of things? Well, uh, in the same way as believers, we need, that's why we need the Word of God is there to help us, uh, to encourage us, and edify us, and prepare us for the battle that's ahead, so that when we come, and, and we see these things coming, we're not unaware, we're not as if... It's taken us by surprise. We understand God has revealed these things to us in his word. Amen. He's revealed it from his prophets. Jesus spoke heavily about it and the apostles continue to speak about it. And it's all written for us to go back to the scriptures and look at, look at it and see what are the symptoms of the end times and what we're seeing in these latter times. Um, let's turn over there to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And I'm going to read here. Um, it says, The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith, follow deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. For everything God created is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving because it is consecrated by the word of God and prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Amen. I mean, Paul is writing to a young pastor, Timothy. I can uh, relate. I'm a young pastor, and, and I, when, when I read this, I feel like I'm Timothy, and I'm sitting there listening to Paul talk to me and sharing with me these important things that he wants to pass on to me, right? And uh, we can see this taking place that um, he's doing everything he can to, to really give Timothy some, some uh, fundamental things to be able to begin to teach the body of Christ that he is ministering and over. And he, he gives them a list of things and he talks about the spirit of God clearly speaks. 
How many know that the Spirit of God speaks? God's Spirit speaks to us if we're listening. You know, a lot of times we're not listening. A lot of times when we pray, we just pray and move on. You know, it's like we have a, uh, we have a, a monologue. We don't have a dialogue. We just, and then boom, we're gone. We never sit and wait on the Lord. We never sit and pray. And, 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 and when I say, I, I think about where you, you're able to pray and then you just sit in his presence, read his word, and just let God speak to your heart through his spirit. Let the word of God come in and watch the Holy Spirit speak to you in a mighty way. It begins to do something and, and cause you to see and, and things you're like, oh, Lord, that's what you're saying to me and give you direction in your life. You know, sometimes it don't come quickly. You've got to, you know, continue to press on in, in the presence of the Lord daily. And God, as you trust in him and rely upon his, uh, his grace, then God makes things known to you. So the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, but are we listening? And so this is where Paul starts off here in this first verse. He said the Spirit clearly, clearly, not muffled. It is clear what the Spirit says in latter times, in later times. He is speaking clearly on what is to happen. I'm reminded of Daniel chapter 2. Do you remember in Daniel chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar was given a dream and it startled him. Uh, and he had no idea what he was dreaming. He just saw this image and he didn't understand it. He was trying to get, you know, information. How does this happen? How, how do I figure this out? And, and uh, look, what it, look what happens here in Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. It says, um, this is what um, Daniel says to Nebuchadnezzar, he says, but there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets and he has made known to you, King Nebuchadnezzar, what will be done, what will be in the latter days. So God has been speaking, the Holy Spirit has been speaking clearly all throughout history of what would happen in the end times, what are going to happen in the latter days. And he gave this king thousands of years ago a vision of what was going to happen around our time you know what I mean I mean that's incredible God's spirit is speaking and the apostle Paul again under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit says hey he is speaking clearly he has spoken and we need to adhere to that truth of what he's saying just as Daniel said our God has revealed the secrets and you know who's revealed it to us he's revealed it to you and me he's given us his word we have the word of God we have the light right and so therefore, because we are his children and we have the secrets of the kingdom, uh, these, these truths, we're able to know. That's why would somebody say, how can you be peaceful when someone just died? How can y'all be having a worship service when one of your people died? Why? Why are you doing that? Well, because if we're Christians, we know we have a, we have a blessed assurance. We have blessed hope. We have a, a, a kingdom awaiting for us. We have the Bible says to be absent from the body. It's to be present with the Lord. We know that when we pass from this life, we are in his presence. We are with the one we've been serving and worshiping all our lives. And we're going to be with him forever. And one day we're going to come with him and rule and reign on this earth with him. Praise God. We are going to be with our king. And therefore, we can rejoice in those moments. And somebody will say, well, how can you be okay with somebody mistreating you at work and, and things going on? How can you just stick through it? And why don't you just... Well, you know why? Because I know in whom I have believed. I know that God is in control. I know that God is sovereign over everything. And what that person means for my evil, God is going to turn around for my good. 
You see, there's a difference. And, you know, I, I say that up here and I know. But let me tell you, I know when we're in that pressure cooker. It's not easy. We we tend to. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> yeah. But we have to remember our hope. We have to remember the anchor of our soul. He doesn't let go and we don't let go of him. I was reminded that he is the spirit of truth. Amen. He's not the spirit of error. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. John 14, 17 says that about him. Jesus said that about him. I'm going to send the advocate, the spirit of truth. And he's going to make all things known to you. He's going to lead you and guide you into all the truth. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. There is no error in him. Men may error, but God does not. Amen. God will not err. We may err. We may say something wrong. We may think we heard something, but God would never lie to us. If there's one thing God can't do, he cannot lie. Amen? <laughs> you know, he will not lie. He speaks the truth. The message the Holy Spirit clearly speaks about is what will happen in later times. In latter times, he speaks about it. He spoke these mysteries to the prophets and and, and now he's speaking them through the apostles as we're reading, as we've been reading the Old Testament in your life. You've looked through it. You've seen these prophecies. You've seen what uh, all the major prophets and the minor prophets have said. And we, we try to figure, how is this to us today? And what are the things going on with Israel? And, how? and God has been speaking all throughout. And I love what the, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, that at one time he spoke through, watch this, Hebrews chapter 1, verse uh, one, it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. Jesus Christ has spoken and what he has spoken, the apostles have written and brought to us. You and me today, we have it in the scripture and we can have uh, full assurance of faith, knowing that what God has said, we can, we can bank on it. We can trust everything. We can stake our life upon it because he speaks clearly and he's a spirit of truth. He's not the spirit of error. There is a spirit of error, but it is not the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth. Amen. And uh, so what is the mark of these last days? One of the symptoms or one of the marks that we are going to see in latter times is, the, is apostasy. The word times in the Greek is the word uh, kiros, means a measure of time, a larger or smaller portion of time, hence a fixed and definite time, the time when things are brought to a crisis, the decisive epic waited for, opportune or seasonable time. See, uh, Paul is saying in latter times, in not in the beginning of things, but in the later times, in the later opportune season of time. And this epic is coming, this uh, place of time is coming, and these symptoms are going to take place in those times. So if we are beginning to see this greatly in our times, not just, you know, we've heard, you know, uh, some of you, you know, we've grown uh, up in this country, we've seen all kinds of things. You know, I'm, I'm 43. I've seen some things. Some of you are older than that. Some of you are younger. But in your time, you have seen some things. But I don't know about you, but it seems as if now things are rapidly moving in a direction 
that is bringing us into the, to that epic time, to that reasonable time, that opportune time that Paul is writing about to Timothy. And the, this is a, 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 a moment that we have to understand and, and so important for us to know. The word here is that they, he says here, some will abandon the faith. The word abandon is the word uh, in the Greek, and it uh, um, astomy, and it, me- and it means to fall away, to become faithless, to desert, withdraw from. They're going to be people that are going to abandon the faith. We're not talking about someone who sins and falls short and, and, and then they repent and come back. We're talking about a total abandonment and a desertion of the faith and turning into something else. That, my friends, is what we're seeing today. We're seeing a total abandonment from the truth. And we need to be careful. We need to be careful. We need to understand that this is something that's happening. Um, They're abandoning the faith. They're not just leaving something. They're leaving the faith. Abandoning the faith means departing from the truth of God's word. They're departing from this right here, from the truth of God's word. They, um, you know, in the times we live in, uh, there used to be a lot of things that Christians, even though we may have different denominations, there were some very essential things that we all agreed upon and we all could say, no way, not here. You know, this, I'm going to give you a pop culture thing. Uh, like Gandalf said in his, his movie, he said, you shall not pass this point, right? They had these certain standards from the word of God that they would tell the enemy in front of their church door, you'll not pass from that place. You're not coming in here with that, you know, in their life. You're not coming into my life with this. You know, but we're seeing that is being removed in our time. You need to understand that in times past, God spoke through prophets. But in these days, he spoke to his son, as I mentioned in Hebrews chapter one, verse two. Um, It's important because why why is this happening and why is the church? um, I believe there's a scripture that says that the foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? Somewhere in Psalm. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the enemy has been attacking the foundations of the church. In people's lives. Because he can't defeat the truth. But he can deceive people. And he can lead people astray and bring them out of the truth. He could come as close as he can to the truth in order, with enough deviation in order to take you away from it. That's what he does. He doesn't come. He, Satan doesn't come to you with a pick, pick fork and he's not, you know, uh, looking de- demonic and ugly and all that. No, the Bible says he masquerades as an angel of light. And if he does that, how much more his apostles, right? This is found in Corinthians. Paul says this about Satan. He masquerades. He doesn't come saying, I'm the devil and I'm going to kill, steal and destroy. No, he comes as an angel of light. He comes as, hey, I'm here because God sent me and he has a word for you today. And God wants to do this and do that. Uh, God wants you to live your best life now. God says love is love, man. And 
It sounds good. But if you take a closer examination like Jesus did that tree, and he, he wanted some fruit. He was hungry and he looked at the fig, fig tree and as he got closer, it was very, it, all it had was leaves in it. And that's how Satan comes. He, and, his, and his teachers, they come and they, they have these, this eloquence of speech or this beautiful outward appearance. And yet when you get closer and you examine the fruit, there isn't any. There isn't any. Jesus said to the Pharisees of his time and the religious leaders of his time, he, these were the people who were, 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 had the part, they fit the part of being a Christian or a, a follower of God, one who believed in God, and yet he said, you are whitewashed tombs. You're full of dead men's bones and all corruption. I mean, whoo, these were, I mean, when the people saw the Pharisees, they were like, these are, we got the, these are the people of, these men know God. And Jesus said of them, all the woes. Remember that? And go look it up there in Matthew. Uh, Matthew's gospel, you'll see the woes that he gave to them. Why? Because they were hypocrites. They were not sincere following God. And we talked about that last week of, of what God wants from his people is a sincere heart. That we worship him with sincerity of heart and truth. That, our, that it is not just our lip service that God God isn't interested in that. God knows your heart. God knows what's inside you. And God wants you to be honest with him about where you are. And he'll work with you there. You know, he'll work with me there. The church is, is the pillar of truth. We need to know that and remember that. We've been given a responsibility. We are light bearers. We are salt and light. And we have a responsibility to be that in the world, in your home, at your job, in the marketplace, in, in play. When you're out hanging out with your friends and playing or whatever you're doing, you are to be a representative of Christ. Your, your life is to represent Jesus in whatever you do. Your attitude. And hey man, how many of you know we all got a lot to work on that, right? We all need Jesus to continue to work in us because some of our attitudes are stinky, right? Not all the time, but there are times where we're, woo, and it's like, Lord, forgive me. I, I, I just did not represent you well. And you know what? That's what our Father wants. Agree with him. You know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have spoke like that. I shouldn't have talked to that person that way. I should have, I should have done this. And I confess that to you, Lord. And the Bible says that we confess our sin. We are he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Praise God. Jesus is good, man. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 2. I want to show you this. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. I want you to see um, what Paul writes uh, here in chapter 2, verses 19 through 20. He says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. You see, the church, we, the body of Christ, were built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets and Jesus Christ is our chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. He holds the whole building together. You remove that cornerstone, it's coming down. If that cornerstone is out of the way, we're all a mess. 
But praise God, because of him, we stand. Because of what he did and because he is interceding for you and for me right now, the Bible says that he intercedes for us. Hallelujah. You want to you wanna learn an intercession? Look at Jesus. He's, a, he's the greatest intercessor. Uh, look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. I want to show you this. First Timothy chapter three, verse 15. He says here, "If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's house, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. Have you ever thought about you being the pillar and foundation of truth? Are you not the church? You and I are the church. The church is in this building. This building could be here today and gone tomorrow. The church is you and me, those who are the called out ones, the ecclesia. We are the church. Every member of the body of Christ is the church. And because his spirit is in us, we embody truth. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth is living in you. Praise God. The Bible says that uh, rivers of living water are going to flow out of us. And that he meant the Holy Spirit. Amen? God is going to be working in and through us. And we are to, uh, to declare that truth to the world. And we're to hold fast to that truth because we're the pillar of truth. If we, if we veer from the truth, then we're going to be like that building we see there. We're going to be a building that is uh, eroding, that is on a cliff, and people who come in that building are going to fall into the pit. I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be in my life. I want to be what, I, what you see, I want you to see here too. What's out here is in here. It's no hypocrisy. You see, you see me with everything I got. I'm not putting on a show. That's what God is. He wants truth. You know, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We need to be truthful. These described in 1 Timothy 4.1 abandoned the faith to follow something else. They abandoned the faith. They're leaving the faith. They're leaving the truth, the pillar of truth. They're saying, this, I don't care about this. I'm going to follow my own feelings. How I feel matters more. What I feel is, is true to me. You see, we're living in a time where it is no longer a, uh, we're not looking at truth of the word of God. We're looking at what is my truth. You know, we, we, we watch movies and, and it's funny and you see them say, well, that's your truth. That's, that's not my truth. And it's like the, the reality, there is only one truth. There isn't my truth, your truth. There's one truth. Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth. And the life. You remember when he stood before Pilate, he said to him, I came to testify to the truth. And Pilate looked at him like, what are you? Well, what is truth? <laughs> he said, everybody on the side of truth listens to me. You know, Jesus was clear. He was the truth. And we are the truth. If we're in him, we're walking in the truth. We're to walk in the light as he is in the light. Amen. That is walking in the truth. And see, walking in the truth isn't popular. 
It's not going to gain you a lot of friends. Walking in the truth is going to cause some problems. It's going to cause some uh, persecution in your life. People aren't going to always be happy with you. And that's okay because they weren't happy with Jesus. I mean, in one moment, one breath, he comes into the city of Jerusalem. Hosanna, Hosanna. And in the next breath, crucify him, crucify him. We want everybody to like us. We want everybody to say, oh, great things about us. Well, you know what? They didn't do that of him. And the Bible says, woe if men say all good things about you. Men, men are, are, are different, man. We, we, let's move on. I'm, 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 I think I beat that, that horse already. Let's look at this. They, they abandon the truth. They abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits. Spirits here is the word pneuma, which is, can be referred to the Holy Spirit, but it is in this context referring to a spirit higher than man, but lower than God. So it's not speaking of the Holy Spirit coming to deceive. It is a different spirit, and this is an angel. Remember, they're ministering spirits. If you go back to Hebrews and you look at, uh, I believe it's uh, there in chapter 1 or chapter 2, you'll find out that Angels are ministering spirits to us. And if angels are ministering spirits, and we have fallen angels who are demons, they're also in the spirit realm. And they also have the ability to influence men. And so these deceiving spirits come, uh, and again, this is more used of, of demons or evil spirits that come to deceive you know, we need to remember that we, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and evil forces in the heavenly realms. We're not fighting. Uh, you know, when you, you think about your neighbor or that situation, there's a spiritual battle taking place. Your children walk in rebellion and all those kind of things. You've got to get on your knees and pray. Why? Because there is a spiritual attack. It is spiritual. It is not natural naturally, yes, they're acting out what's happening spiritual, and that's where we have to pray. And we have to seek the Lord and say, God, deliver my child from this spirit. This deceiving spirit. It's a lying spirit. Um, these demonic spirits, they come to deceive people into rejecting the truth and causing them to suppress it. So not only does it, they, these deceiving spirit cause you to reject the truth, but then now you are suppressors of the truth. We found that in Romans chapter 1. Uh, let me read that to you real quick. In Romans chapter 1. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 1. He says, The wrath of God is being revealed. This is verse 18 of chapter 1 of Romans. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And so what happens is because of them giving into wickedness, they now suppress the truth. They keep it down. They don't want to hear it. They want to stifle the truth. They want to, you know, I, I think about suppressing the truth. You guys ever uh, remember, I love watching the, uh, in, on Christmas time, um, uh, oh, why is my, the Christmas Carol. And I love it because there was a part there where there is this, this uh, spirit that comes to him, one of them, and is very bright, this spirit. 
And, and in one of them, he takes the, um, the thing that it's like this bullhorn thing that she has, and, and he takes it and he puts it over her and to get the light out, to put it down, to suppress it until it's gone. And I think of that when, when someone is suppressing the truth, they're taking the light of God and they're suppressing it. They're pushing it down so that they can't see it, hear it, out of sight, out of mind. I don't want to hear the truth. If you get around, listen, they're doing everything they can to get away from you. Yeah, you ever had that situation? I'm like, what did I do? What's, I'm sticking, what, what, you know, you invite them to this church or, or maybe you're, you know, you're at work and you're, you, maybe they want, they don't want to talk about nothing or, you know, be, why? Because the light is there, you know, the light is there. They suppress the truth. You know, as I was thinking about this, preparing for today, uh, I was meditating on the word of God and just thinking and. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of a, a, a situation uh, that happened in 1 Kings chapter 22. I want to take you there. 1 Kings chapter 22. This is a moment where King Ahab, when I say the story, you're going to remember it. King Ahab uh, was about to go into a battle, but Jehoshaphat was a God-fearing king. Okay? Ahab was the king of Israel, and uh, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. You remember there was a split because of their sin and, and uh, what happened. And therefore, Jehoshaphat comes and because we're all Israel, I want to help you in this battle, but we need to really inquire of the Lord because he, you remember in this situation, Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet in, uh, here? Because, I mean, there were prophets. They were prophesying victory for Ahab. You're going to win and you're going to defeat the enemy and, and all this is going to be great. You're going to be blessed and, and God, is, God will not let you fall, you know, all this kind of stuff. And Jehoshaphat, being a wise man who feared God, was like, mm, something don't sound right. This, this, this can't be. I mean, this guy, I'm sure he knew about Ahab. And one thing you better know about God, God isn't going to be okay with sin in your life. God isn't going to be blessing sin in your life. God isn't going to be okay with sin in your life. God is going to bring about discipline in your life. He's not going to allow you to continue in sin. And Ahab was a sinner. Ahab, matter of fact, Ahab advocated his responsibility to his wife. Remember Jezebel? Ahab, rather than being the king and the leader, he was, a, he was basically, uh, I would say, castrated. He was just basically whatever my wife says. He was not being a king. And because of that, we hear, we hear the story of that Jezebel, right? That Jezebel spirit. Well, what is that? The usurping of authority, male authority. The usurping and, and, and taking dominion over men like that. And this Jezebel spirit, remember, she was the one that killed all the prophets of God. And, Le and Elijah was running for his life. I mean, anyway, I, I'm just sharing what's happening. So we get here. Let's go over there to 22, 1 Kings. I'm over here chasing rabbits. Uh, go to 1 Kings. Uh, chapter 22, and let's look at verses 19 to 23. We'll finish up. So, so one of the prophets that was there, Ahab knew, he said, look, there's this guy, Micaiah, over here, and every time I talk, ask him what God says, he always says the worst for me. He'll tell us the truth. So this is what happens, and he goes, and and, and Micaiah, being you know, a smart aleck, says, ah, you go ahead, you're going to win, and all this. And, and Ahab, knowing this, no, no, uh -uh, I don't trust that. Uh, what did God really say? And he, and he tells him, 
And look what he says here in verse 19. Micaiah continued, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with a multitude of, of heaven standing around him on his right and on his left. And the Lord said, Who will entice Ahab into attacking Ramoth Gilead and going, going to his death there? One suggested this and another that. Finally, a spirit came forward, stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. By, that, uh, by, by what means, the Lord asked, I will go out and, and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all his prophets, he said. You will succeed in enticing him, said the Lord. Go and do it. So now the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouths of all these prophets of yours. The Lord has decreed disaster for you. Wow, I mean, <laughs> this guy's already in the dungeon. I mean, it's about to be off with your head here. He just told the king, God is, has prophesied disaster over you. And he's going to send a deceiving spirit upon you. Man, this is what Paul's saying. He, I was reminded, so here's a picture of what's taking place in the latter times, we see these deceiving spirits that are going out and they are deceiving people, causing them to abandon the faith they once held. The abandoning, the abandoning of the faith, their look, and the deceiving spirits lead people to believe a lie over the truth. It will lead a person to believe their feelings over the truth. Well, I feel that I'm attracted to, to the same sex. Oh, I feel this way, and I feel that it is right. I feel that love is love, and, and, and if, we, if we, you know, it's love, and, and I, I want to stay in a monogamous relationship, you know, with that person. It doesn't matter, because it is forbidden by God. A man should not lie with a man or a woman with a woman. God instituted marriage between one man and one woman for life, forever, period. End of discussion. You can do what you want with it. You can, you can stick your finger at God, but one day the Bible says God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. If he sows to the flesh, he will reap destruction. If he sows to the spirit, eternal life. And I say so to the spirit. God is rich in mercy, not wanting anyone to perish, but men who will deceive, will be deceived by these spirits and will turn away. And the reason they're going to do it is because they don't love the truth. And then we have to ask ourselves, Pastor, I don't know. Do I love the truth? Well, I don't know, man. That test is going to come in your life. It's going to come. Do you love the truth? It's going to come. Because we're always tested. We're always going through something. Some, something are we going to give in to the things of this world, or are we going to say, Lord, no, your will be done, even if it puts me in the fire. Help me to stand, Lord. Help me to be a, a man of integrity. Help me to be a man who fears the Lord. Amen? We talked about that. That's for me and my house, right? We talked about that last week, that God help us to be many who stand with you. Hold us firm, Lord. And may we cling to you, Lord. So they lead people away, and, and what do they lead them away with? Teachings of demons. <laughs> so naturally, contextually here, we're seeing that when he says they will follow deceiving spirits, back there in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 
And this says they will, they will be led by uh, teachings taught by demon, demons. I mean, man. You think, man, are demons teaching them? No, no, not literally. A demon in physical form teaching them. But because they have been deceived by that spirit, now they're receiving in their mind what is being said by that spirit. And now they begin to look at everything through the lens of what that spirit is saying. It's almost like you're... you're um, I love it. Uh, the, the, two, the Twin Towers um, of Lord of the Rings, I really, it's one of the movies I like all time. And uh, in the Lord of the Rings, one of the kings was, was under a spell by, I uh, think, worm tongue or whatever they called him. <laughs> and and uh, this king was sitting in his throne, and he looked so bad. You could see the glare in his, like he had a glaze in his eyes. And, and whatever, Lord, whatever that worm tongue would say in his ear, that king would follow that. And this is, this is an imagery of being under the spell of the spirit, being in a gaze. This is why the Bible says that we need to pray for the, the loss, that the, the scales will be removed from their minds, that they might see the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ because they're blinded by sins, deceit. They're blinded by these evil spirits that are speaking and teaching them. Okay? And this is truly what takes place. So these deceiving spirits, now they begin to teach, and now they're under a spell, and now they're basically just doing whatever they hear that spirit speaking them to say uh, through whatever means he uses, whether a book that he inspired someone to write and, and a professor that is speaking eloquently about uh, how God doesn't exist and how, you know, we're nothing but tadpoles that, that came out and became flesh. We, uh, some meteoroid came from space and had water in it and all of a sudden matter became matter and, and all of this nonsense insulting the very intelligence of people and yet people buy this stuff and say that Christians are crazy. I mean, it's, it, you, t you need more faith to believe that than believe that God created man from the dust of the ground. I mean, we can look at science and know that our bodies are clay. <laughs> These men teaching by, teachings by, by deceiving spirits. Uh, the deception takes place by replacing the truth with a lie. It happens subtly, bit by bit, and then you are hooked. The, that teaching comes in. It, it is when an individual allows the teachings that are contrary to the word of God to enter their minds. When, when, when you start to allow teachings that are contrary to God enter your mind and, and take root, the, you know, it talks about we have been, we have, our weapons are mighty through God. And they're mighty for what? To pulling down strongholds. Strongholds are arguments against the knowledge of Christ. And you and I, in our life, we need to take the strongholds the enemy tries to put in through false teaching and we need to take those and pull them down and demolish them in Christ Jesus. We need to take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. That's what Paul writes to the church. Paul was writing this to Timothy, a young pastor, so that he can point these things out to the Christians. He wasn't, he wasn't saying, Timothy, tell this to the world. He's, to, he's talking to us. <laughs> you and me. This is us. The Christians, the body of Christ. Listen. In later times, this is going to happen. This is happening. We're seeing it today. I'm going to read some things here shortly to you of some things that you need to be aware of that has happened. And this happened a few years ago. But, I mean, I can go on. There's many who have abandoned the faith 
that were prominent in the church. And people, you wrote, read their books and you, you, you went to the line, you got in line to go see them preach and they're abandoning the faith. Some uh, will, will, will take, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing the, the church is falling apart. We see some people say, well, the, our country is falling apart. Absolutely it is. We know this is true statement. It's not a false statement. The country is falling apart. But it is falling apart because of the, of the apostasy in the church house. The Bible says judgment begins where? In the house of God. It begins with you and me. It begins with us. What were we doing? What are we doing? What are, what, where have we been? Have we been salt and light or have we been chameleons? Blending in. God knows. Today in some churches they have put homosexuals and transgenders in the pastoral office. They have ordained women as pastors. This is happening today. In America, today, in America, around the world, we're seeing this happen today. It's not a, a coincidence. We see it, violation of scripture all over the place. And what do we see? We get, oh, love is love. It's fantastic. This is wonderful. And you know what? That's a lie. It's not true. And one day they're going to hold, they'll be held accountable for that. For all the people they led astray, they're going to be held accountable. This is why uh, to be a pastor, you, you desire a noble thing, but you're going to be held to a higher standard by God. Why? Because you're saying you're declaring the word for him. And man, do I come here. I, I'm not afraid to preach, but I'm afraid that I don't preach it properly. That's where my fear is. Lord, that I don't want to preach your word in error. I want to make sure that I don't care what I am about, but that when I declare your word, that it's his truth. Obviously, I want to watch my life, too. But the truth is that I want to see God's word when I declare that it's accurate and true. Amen. That's what you should want for yourself, that when you share something with someone about God's word, that is true and accurate. We have become in the church indoctrinated with critical race theory and intersectionality. Big words. Critical race theory is just basically a understanding where now uh, this is a framework by which we determine who is an oppressor and who is oppressed. And this is all throughout our country. This is happening all over the country. It's in the church. Uh, matter of fact, the Southern Baptist uh, uh, Convention have uh, basically approved this in their uh, intersectionality, intersectionality and they've approved uh, basically critical race theory within their, their whole camp. I mean, this is a mainline denomination approving this. We're living in latter times, and we're seeing the abandoning of the faith. But, but, but they still have churches. Yeah. So what? I mean, we have churches having drag Sunday. Bring your kids, and we're going to have drag transgenders up here and, and dressed up and doing all kinds of stuff for kids to, to watch. In churches, friend, in churches today in America, this is happening. And um, unfortunately, what, we, what Paul is saying to us here in, in the word of God here in 1 Timothy, we're seeing it happen. And you know something? God wants to save those people. But we don't need to 
to, to do what they're doing in order to reach them. We just need to be different. We need to be a peculiar people, amen? We need to be different from the world. When they come around us, they ought to see the life of Jesus in our lives. When they, man, I mean, uh, you know, do you remember when the religious people, when they were telling uh, Peter and John, you don't, aren't, aren't to speak about this Jesus? And you know something they said that always stuck with me? They said, you know, these aren't learner men, but we can tell they've been with Jesus. Oh, that I would, I would be someone that someone, when they get around me, say, man, he's been with Jesus. And I'm telling you, I need that a lot. I want my kids to say, man, my dad's been with Jesus. Oh, I want to see my coworkers say, man, he's been with Jesus. When they've been around me, man, he's been with Jesus. What does that mean? That my life is exuberating his life to the world. What, what Paul writes in Galatians 2, 2, I no longer live. The life I live now in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ, right? That's what we want as believers. We, want to be, we, we don't want to be seen. We want him to be seen. Because if they see us, we're going to hurt people. If they see us, they're going to see sin. But if they see Jesus, they're going to see the grace of God. They're going to see the love of God. They're going to see redemption. <laughs> the Spirit tells us these are teachings of demons. <laughs> because they cause people to replace the truth with a lie. Let's finish up here. I want to read you some examples if, 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 if you don't think spirits are talking to these people. Um, it says a, uh, a, a um, well, the, let's see here. The famous evangelist and pastor announced, uh, this, na- this, member, this man is named Tony Campolo, and he is an evangelical preacher, um, and he was a high, he's a high-profile leader. It says, the, the famous evan- evangelist and pastor announced his change of position in a statement last June. It, was, it has taken countless of hours of prayer, study, conversation, emotional turmoil, to bring me to the place where I am finally ready to call for the full acceptance of Christian gay couples in the church. How does he go from adhering to the truth to now replacing it with a lie? Did you hear what he said? It has taken countless hours of prayer. Who do you think was talking to him? The spirit of truth or the spirit of error? Exactly what Paul said would happen, that these deceiving spirits would teach these men false doctrine and here he is all of a sudden I once held to the truth and now oh well you know love is love and I mean I say that I don't want to see the homosexual lost I want to see them saved and delivered and just like I was saved from my heterosexual sin and my sexual morality God does not delight in the death of the wicked God has sent his son to save the world you know, but we, he, the truth is the truth. We, you know, the truth is what sets you free, not the lie. The lie keeps you bound. Another person, Rob Bell. Anybody heard of a guy named Rob Bell? Um, uh, he says, 
In a debate at San Francisco Grace Cathedral in 2013, the author, Pastor Rob Bell, already discredited by many evangelicals for his book, Love Wins, gave a blanket endorsement of gay marriage. I am for marriage. I am for fidelity. I am for love. Whether it's a man and a woman, a woman and a woman, a man and a man. I think this world we live in, and uh, excuse me, I think this is the world we live in, we're living in, and we need to affirm people wherever they are. We need to affirm people's what? Feelings, not truth. He should be saying, no, we need to affirm the truth. We need to stand in the truth. We need to declare the truth and love to them. We need to remind them of what God says of people who practice such things. But no, he says, let's affirm their wickedness. Let's affirm a lifestyle of sin. In other words, instead of telling me, stop lying, hey, you know, I'm affirming that you're a liar. No one would say that. No one in their right mind would say, hey, it's a wonderful thing that you're a liar. That you lie to people. Man, being a liar is great, man. Society hasn't gone that far, has it? But we'll, we'll tell a person they could deny reality, that they could say, well, I, today I feel like I'm a woman. And you have to affirm how I feel, or else you're a hater. And it's because of people like this who have been deceived in the church who are falling away and who are leading people astray. Let's see. <clears throat> A lady named Jen Hatmaker. Several of Jen Hatmaker's books have been produced by Lifeway and BH Publishing, who announced they would no longer work with her after the, ch uh, the change in her stance on gay marriage. Thank God for that. I don't know if that stood up, but we'll see. Um, in an interview with Religion News Service, she said, from, from a spiritual perspective, since gay marriage is legal in all 50 states, our communities have plenty of gay couples who, just like the rest of us, need marriage support and parenting help and Christian community. They are either going to find those resources in the church or they're not. <laughs> Again, affirming a person's feelings over the reality, over the truth. Man. Uh, another guy named uh, Danny Cortez Danny Cortez announced his decision in a sermon to his church. Uh, I guess this, he, I think he's a Baptist minister or something. I, yeah, uh, Southern Baptist Church pastor from Los Angeles, California. In 2014 is what he says. Uh, he, is, he is gay affirming and has accepted his son's homosexuality. In August 2013, on a sunny day at the beach, I realized no, long, I, I, realized I no longer believed in the traditional church teaching regarding homosexuality. Cortez said in a letter published on Pantheos blog. You notice, on one night, one day, just sitting around at the beach, deceiving spirit, speaking 
lured him away. But it didn't just happen that day. It was compromise, 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 and finally I just, you know what? Uh, you know, can you imagine? Remember what happened to, um, uh, what's this, the prophet um, Eli? He was affirming his son's sexual morality in the temple of God, remember? That's when Samuel, the prophet Samuel, came into, into, into place, remember? Eli, rather than dealing with his sons in truth, allowed them to continue to profane and offer strange fire before the Lord. And they were actually committing sexual moral, sexual moral behavior within God's house, his temple. And what happened? He paid for it. He died, broke his neck. And those men were killed. His sons were killed. And there was never anyone left on, on, to be a priest on his house. Why? Because he did not speak truth to his son. And that's it. Those are the examples that I had about what's happening. Uh, so next week, I want to really uh, talk about this, um, maybe go into a, couple, a little bit more about the critical race theory and how it's not compatible with the gospel because this is a uh, doctrine of demons that's out there and it's infiltrating the church. Um, I want to also deal with this uh, term intersectionality and what that means and what, why do we need to understand that? Well, because it's being taught out there and uh, it's not just being taught uh, in the world out there, it's in the church and you're going to hear from some of these, some pastors that are saying certain things. You've got these pastors Listen, there are pastors recommending to their congregants to read books from authors who are not Christians, writing critical race theory stuff. Oh, go read that author's stuff because it's really good and we need to understand and we need to, we need to uh, the reparations and all this kind of stuff that's out there. There's so much deception in this world and that's why we need to be prepared as believers, Amen. So that when we go out there, we understand what's going on and we can be prepared, we can be f uh, in the full armor of God and we can bring the good news to people, speaking the truth and love to them. Because there's a day coming, we, we're not going to affirm their feelings, we're going to affirm the truth of what God says. And the Bible says that if they believe that truth, it'll set them free, amen? Just like it set me free several years ago, that truth set me free from a sexual moral life, from a life apart from God. The truth of the gospel set me free, and that's why I'm standing by his grace today. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Lord, I pray even now as I'm ending, there are people, Lord, that may need to hear. And Lord, they may be listening. Uh, Lord, if that person listening in their car or in their home or wherever they may be uh, in their office listening to the word I pray right now Lord that the Holy Spirit will convict their hearts and the Bible says that if we confess to the Lord Jesus if we confess him as Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead we can be saved if that's you listening and you say I need the Lord Jesus the Bible says repent of your sins and confess the Lord Jesus believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved God wants to save you. God wants to deliver you. God wants to bring you out of that sinful lifestyle and bring you into the kingdom of his son he loves. 
and he wants to give you a, a, a purpose. He wants, to, he wants to fill you with his spirit. Hallelujah. The creator is giving you his spirit if you'll let him, if you'll receive the Lord Jesus Christ today. Man, if you're listening and you're a believer and you're going through, maybe you're in here and you're listening and you've heard the word of God and you've been, been convicted by the word of God, my prayer for you today is that you would repent and let times of refreshing come from the Lord. And say, Lord, use me tomorrow. Use me to be a light and salt in this earth. Let me to be a representation of you. Help me to, to speak the truth and love to those around me, Lord. To affirm the truth, not lies. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless.